Sonic States. So hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 162. Um, if you're listening live, uh, welcome, because um, you can listen live. For those of you who don't know, if you've just come to the show and you're uh, wondering what I'm talking about, go to sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm, 4pm even, on a Wednesday afternoon UK time. Uh, there's a live chat room and a live feed so you can hear what's going on and... Um, sort of join us in a textual and one-way audio kind of sense uh it, it sort of works quite nicely i think and as uh, i think mark can attest to because he enjoyed it last week so we'll say hello to mark first because he would probably uh, he can speak so mark tinley hello well, uh, where, where are we t- sending people at the moment what's your current url is it autism hero um yeah why not autismhero.com so there you have so it so easy to say that one isn't it it is it's easy to say and it's spelled like you um like you would imagine it. Are you on the Skype handset? I am on a Skype handset, yeah. Uh, no, you sound phony. You sound enhanced Ooh. somehow. <laughs> Are you feeling enhanced? Yes. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit sick, but that's oh. got nothing to do with the Skype handset. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it needs cleaning. <laughs> we'll leave it, shall we? Anyway, autismhero.com. Pleasure to have you aboard, Mark, and uh, we'll get across to the other side of the pond and say hello to Mr. Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton uh, was wasn't wasn't able to make it last week. And this week uh, was on or off. You had a session, I believe, today, which has hopefully hasn't been cancelled, just been moved forward a little bit. Uh, so, uh, welcome, Rich Hilton. Thank you. Love love to be here, and uh, very much enjoyed listening to last week's podcast. It was it was fun. I, I kind of don't remember much of it to be honest because it was you know it was the day after the flyback and I was still a bit spaced out. But uh, I I didn't get much jet lag, which is astonishing, really, really surprising. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that happened, but um, apart from obviously what you heard last Wednesday, <laughs> which would have been quite spaced out. Um, uh, anyway, Hiltonius, uh, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. You can get to see what it's up to. Is there anything you can talk about? Anything? Any, anything very exciting? Um, I'll be recording a bass guitarist today and I'm kind of juggling three different really good input path concepts in my mind trying to decide which one I want to use. <laughs> that's my biggest, that's my biggest problem today. That How's sounds that? like a good problem to have. <laughs> what, what, what is your current, um, where, where are you kind of currently, is it top of your list? Let's get it straight to music tech, shall we, before we wander well, off. today, <laughs> what I think I'm going to do with the bass guitar is plug it directly into the API 512C. Yep. I'm going to take that out into either the vintage Neve 33254E, I think it is, compressor, or the Demaria Labs tube compressor. I haven't decided which compressor I want to use yet. I'm mm-hmm. leaning towards the Neve. And uh, straight in. Can't you just <laughs> do all of them and record them all separately? You mean in actually multi-audio signal? Yeah. Nah. Don't nah. want it. Nah. Just, just, yeah. No thanks. Go straight for it. Well, fair okay. enough. Just, Too gray. Too gray. Then just, everything sucks in my mind. I, then I question everything. Once uh, a multi-audio yeah, okay. signals like that. I could, I could split it. I could split the signal and take it into two completely separate audio pads in a more elegant way than just melting it in a patch bay, and I could find a way to do that, yeah. But no, I'm, 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 the thing about the three I was considering, the three pads I was considering, is that they all are going to work spectacularly well, so it really almost doesn't matter. Uh-huh. What kind of bass guitar do you think it's likely to be, if that's not a leading question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. One with four strings, hopefully. Uh, could be. <laughs> These days, you're on a good 50-50 on that around here. Yeah, that, And in New York, you might be like 80-20 against. <laughs> Seriously, all those bass guitarists come in with basses with tons of strings on them. Yeah. Five, six-string basses quite often. I just five, want to be a guitarist. It's got five might be the most common these days. Yeah, maybe you're right. I suppose the low B is always handy, isn't it? I, they like it. But you know what? The low E never sounds the same on those basses. I think you're right. It doesn't, does it? It always sounds somehow lacking. It just doesn't do that thing it does on a four-string bass, the low E. I would agree with you there. And bass players love that low E. Yeah. And who doesn't? No, I love it. <laughs> Uh, but that's a very interesting point. I wonder, there's probably some mechanics and physics and all sorts of stuff tied up in that. But I digress. Let's get on to our next and final guest. Uh, PJ can't make it. He's having some technical issues his end that he can't can't figure out, which is a shame. But uh, Dave Spears, g4software.com. Welcome. Hi. 
So, um, did you buy the uh, Buckler mod- Modular on uh, eBay then? No, no. 75 grand? <laughs> Seems a no. little bit, um, I don't know, ambitious. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, weirdly enough, I've played with a couple of them, and I was like, dude, if I knew how much that was worth at the time, I'll tell you what, it goes for anything like I that. I know, but now you could probably just sell your fingers. <laughs> the, yeah. You could probably get a grand for a finger that's touched a Buchler modular that's worth 75 grand, surely. Yeah, it's kind of worth more than a grand to me. Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, not, not really. Um, but yeah, very, very, very unbelievable. Um, yes. Oh, oh, while I'm still here, um, Dave Robinson just sent me an email. He, uh, he sent an email to AudioEase, if anyone remembers last week uh, when I spoke with Arjun van der Schoot from uh, AudioEase, makers of uh, Altaverb, he said, uh, and, and speakerphone, um, uh, Aaron from AudioEase replied to Dave Robinson, yes, we listened to one of the Sonic State podcasts to create a preset for speakerphone called Skype that recreates the sound of someone joining the podcast over a Skype connection. Best regards. <laughs> How about that, eh? So we have been immortalised in some digital form. So there is an impression. Not an impression. What do they call them? Impulse. We've been impulsed. Oh, yeah, impulse, yeah. <laughs> There's an impulse. of. So- I feel like they could put that, on a, they could put that on, um, on a CD or something and send it into space on a, uh, on a probe. And, you know, we'd be immortalised like the, the Mars thing. <laughs> I'm, here I am wondering if we're going to be able to use any of this stuff in 20 years. <laughs> well, that's very true. We're sending it into space. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, today, I, I, apparently, today's quite a big day. Apparently, the many people are heralding this as the uh, the day everything changed and everything, you know, because isn't Apple supposed to be announcing its whatever it may be, iPad, iTablet. I quite like ibuprofen, actually, as an idea for the... Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> or Isperin. You know, something tablety yeah, and a tablety like kind of gag there. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess in a couple of hours we'll know uh, whether or not it's going to make any difference to people like us or whether it's just another thing that fits somewhere between your phone and your laptop. Just what you need, another device. But we'll see. Anybody excited or could you care less? Woohoo! Rich, I can tell there's excitement in your voice. Maybe they're bigging it up a bit more in the US than they are over here. There's, it's not that they're bigging it up. There's just a lot of speculation. I yeah. mean, on here and elsewhere. And I enjoy the speculation and the anticipation. I wonder what they'll show. I have a feeling it's going to be a big old iPod Touch. You reckon? That'd be kind of funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think they're going to call it an iPod Touch, but I think functionally it's going to be. It's going to be. It may even replace the MacBook Air. I'm interested to see what they do with their product line, especially as related to the Air. I don't know how pro- popular a product it is, but this sort of conceptually seems like. Merging the MacBook Air concept with the iPod Touch concept, if it if it's what I expect. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's it's not something that's. I'm more interested in. I want a Mactopus. That's what I want at the moment. I don't want any of this crummy under underpowered stuff. I want something that can really whiz through all the video stuff. Because one thing I have realised this week is I need more computing power in the office because I'm sitting here waiting for things to render, and it's it's you know I just feel it's a, a waste of life. Agreed. And I, here, I want. Here. <laughs> so I'm hoping that uh, I can get myself one because I really would like to have a, an eight core three gig, please. If anyone's listening, and I was talking to a chat, I'd go to an adult with Asperger's meeting on Tuesday nights at the beginning of the month, uh-huh. and there's a chap there who uh, I was talking to, who's also an, an, another man with Asperger's, as would be in one of those kind of meetings. And he said he just bought a new computer with 96 gigabytes of RAM in it. Wow, that's useful. Oh, my God. And he's actually designing the airflow around uh, a MotoGP race bike. So he uses it to calculate what the airflow is around the fairing and the engine and the, you know, everything about it. Which I think is quite fascinating as well. And he said he didn't really have enough RAM. And the (laughs) RAM modules were costing him, I can't remember how much he said that. I think it was like a grand for a... RAM module. They come in like huge chunks or something. Wow. Well, yeah. RAM, that, maybe the RAM costs three grand. 96 gigabytes of RAM. Would that cost three that grand? Sounds sim- that sounds like it's fairly likely, doesn't it? Right. Sounds and he cheap. said he really needed twice that amount to run this program that he was running, so he was going to have to buy some more. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wouldn't it be quicker and cheaper just to ride around on a on a um, on the track with somebody in front of you with a kind of um, you know a, a smoke stream just pouring over and you can video it or something? Probably. Not. I don't know. Well, I said to him, "What, what do I know about aerodynamics?" 
well, I was asking what happens when you throw a bike into a bend. Doesn't all the air pressure change? And he said, yes, of course. So he's like, okay. <laughs> so he, design, he designs all sorts of interesting aerosol kind of things and, you know, anything that atomizes air, anything that has, you know, atoms flying around in air. Okay. Wow. That's so 96 the, gigs of RAM. I could do something. I could do that half of that, I reckon. But anyway, I suppose that's, um, we're wandering a little bit, aren't we? Oh, the other thing that came out, um, Beat Kang's Beat Fang seems to be a real fang, which uh, for those of you who know what I'm talking about might be excited. There's a really good video. I posted it on Sonic Today of a sort of uh, trailer for that. Uh, what else? Uh, Logic 9.1 came out, 64-bit. Uh, I was chastised over Twitter by a chap who said, uh, I can't believe you missed this. I said, I was a little bit preoccupied with Nam." Um, and it's not that big a deal, is it? Because that's about all I could see as a... No, straight up. I was running out. I was running out last week. This is a big deal to me if they could make it work. Oh, right. Cool. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? You were talking all romantic about Magtopus. So I've got my 3.2 gigahertz Magtopus, and I still can't run a decent drum kit, an ivory piano, a decent bass patch, and a sampler without getting out-of-memory alerts you know panicking alerts and wow. crashes and such and I've, this is the third computer i've bought in pursuit of doing this one thing just give me a piano trio live in midi please <laughs> and i'll, wow, and, really? I'll be and what happens is and it's particularly it's ivory but the drum programs tend to eat a bunch too what happens is the total amount of ram allocated to the host program is shared across everything you open in it at least in Artas world so and probably in VST and AU world, but I'm not sure. But in any case, the the program doesn't grow past a certain point to accommodate the things you open. And oh, okay. apparently, in 64-bit world, it will. It can address the RAM outside of the pro- no. You're just no longer limited to two gigabytes per program or whatever it is. Is that what it's limited to for logic? Something like that. Yes. In, well, I don't know as much as I understand it. This is an operating system level thing now. Please, somebody step up in the chat room or somewhere and show me that I'm wrong about this because I may be bringing my incredibly elementary view of this world into this. But um, I, my understanding is right now, no single application you open can occupy more than two gigabytes of your RAM. Hmm. So when you open plugins in at least RTAS within that prog- host program, the host's program's RAM is what's being drawn upon. And people have come up with all kinds of fancy ways to run their more intensive plugins standalone and route MIDI through IAC. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, and then try to get the audio back in using some kind of either third-party thing or maybe rewire or whatever. But um, and, and that's because of this, because that's the way you can run those things simultaneously and side-by-side. That's interesting. Um, Kiwi Steve in the chat room says um, you need 64-bit plugins to take advantage of that as well. So, you can, right. uh, um, which which um, brings me on to the next little bullet point I've got in the show notes, which is uh, Spectrasonics went 64-bit Omnisphere, uh, and I'm not sure if Trillion did as well. But that's probably got to be helpful somewhere. Yeah, it's both 64. Oh, well, that's nice. So I suppose now we can, I mean, it does seem a bit crazy that with all this sort of amazing power that is available to us, we can't actually, it's all been relatively useless in terms of, you know, what we can physically access. Bizarrely, I'm getting more out of memory errors since going to Logic 9 than I did on Logic 8. Really? Do you think that's got something to do with just it's more sensitive or um, you're caning it a bit harder? Uh, Possibly a bit of both, but I think it's, um, yeah, possibly a bit of both. I think it's just that you know the the overhead of the, the amount of RAM that Logic itself takes up in nine is more. Yeah, I, I, th- think. I think it's three and a half gig is the, is the max in thirty two bit. Oh right, I would have th- yeah, I thought it'd been at least at least that because isn't four gigs the the uh, maximum thing in thirty uh, two bit OS anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah, as far as I'm aware. No, but we need. We, we, I'm now seeing. Now I've got Trillion installed and Omnisphere installed, so it's like, okay, now it's probably time to move over to 64. Wow, I've never really had that sort of problem, but um, maybe if I get my Mactopus, I, I, I will enjoy that. Maybe I can, after your fellow's finished his uh, aerodynamics tests, he can lend me a bit of his RAM because he won't need it anymore. <laughs> 
Um, I've got some new, more things in the list. Um, one of them was a NAMM U-Rock digital guitar, which I've just suddenly, with a slight sinking feeling, realised I haven't prepared for, although I can vaguely remember what there was about it. Anyone want to do that? I thought that was quite cool, actually. It was, wasn't it? Uh, well, let's in do something about it. In a very nerdy I, way. I'm afraid I don't remember who makes it, but I will shortly. I'll, I'll certainly remember it in time to put in the show notes. But it was right opposite the, uh, the, the food concession stand where they do um, pulled pork. So I just happened to pass it a couple of times. And I saw it. It's, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, because the, there's the Yamaha digital guitar, which is very simple. I mean, when I say digital guitar, it's, you know, like it's some kind of really expensive technology, but it's not. It's a really simple thing. It's got three, six strings in a sort of short um, patch by the, where, where the, you know, where the pickups would be. And then, but this has got a touch sensitive neck. And the idea with this is it's got backing tracks, MIDI. It's like a, it's like a kind of universal toy stroke musical instrument. But what was really cool about it is you can get little cartridges to put in it. So it'll play with a Wii. You could do rock band stuff. You know, it's got all, and it just seemed like a really good idea because just for fun, you know, inputting stuff and you could use MIDI on it. It's got USB, it's got built-in audio, you know, stuff. It just kind of looked fun. And I think it's going to be under 200 bucks. It's got to be a winner, hasn't it? For two hundred bucks, I like yeah. the sound of that. I was going to buy one of the Yamaha ones. Yeah, well, the the, the difference is because I asked him what the difference between it and the Yamaha one was. I'm not sure if that stayed in the video or not. I can't remember where I left it in or not. And and he said the Yamaha obviously has uh, a discrete switch for every string and fret position on the neck, which obviously is kind of a lot of moving parts to worry about. And also, um, but what they have is, is touch sensitivity on the neck. So you don't, you know, it's got ridges where the strings would be. And so it feels like strings. Obviously, they don't move. Um, and, and that's the, basically the difference. I mean, I didn't get a chance to play it, so I don't... String bends on it, then. Uh, pass. Didn't get a chance to check it out. I'm afraid. But it's got, uh, it's got onboard sounds. <laughs> it, does, it does that really cheesy sort of um, tremolo thing, doesn't it? I think it did do a cheesy tremolo. It did a lot of things, but uh, it looked like fun anyway. It did definitely look like a, um, like it could be useful, a useful thing if you just want to twang some MIDI input. And there's no de- – well, I don't know if there's any delay because, again, I didn't get a chance to play it. But uh, they're going to do it in loads of different body shapes. And uh, they commented – there's been a few comments on the video on Sonic and they've been um, – they they came back and said, actually, we are thinking about doing different body shapes and stuff to just, you know, just tell us what you want. I think they're looking for distributorship, so uh, check them out. Um, I will put the link in the show notes because I don't recall exactly who they are at the moment. I found urockguitar.com. Uh, ah, urock, I, I think that's probably it. I don't remember who made it. com. Thank you there, Mark. Um, okay, so um, the other thing that we saw, this came out just before NAM. I missed it. I'm just going to play a little bit of it because I've got a, I think I've got a clip for this. So let's just have a look. Okay, so this is voice band for the iPhone. It's a new iPhone app available at the App Store, and it turns your voice into an instrument, like a guitar or a bass through the first track. Okay. I want to run away. It's coming, Mark. It's coming. Like that. <laughs> I want to get away. I want to fly away. Anyway, I mean, you know, the execution isn't particularly marvellous or anything, but uh, isn't it about time something like this happened? I mean, I was, I was looking at it thinking, that is a really cool... It's a shame it's just iPhone only. I want it on other stuff. It's made by the same people, uh, Wave Machine Labs, who make Drummagog, which is a really good drum replacer. I don't know if any of you have used that. Maybe, Rich, you might have uh, come across that. No, I'm sorry, I have not. Uh, well, it's a, I can tell you what it is. a great drum replacement. And this is the, an iPhone app. Um, even though it was a little bit inaccurate and a little bit sort of kludgy and not the great sounds um the fact that you can record what can you will rhythm guitar lead guitar bass drums sax two synths and an organ plus your singing which is what he did there he didn't have any synths in it. it just seemed like a really good idea for jotting down notes i could what i couldn't find out from the blurb and going to the itunes app store was whether you could export the tracks in any way or take some kind of midi data from them so that you could then manipulate them more but I, I, I mean, I'd love to have something like that in my phone. I just don't want an iPhone. Or I'd like to have something like that in my laptop that I could just kind of mumble into and just get stuff down. Because it seems to me, and we've looked at a couple of these things in the past, but none of them really seem to kind of do the job. And this one seems about as close as anybody's got. Microsoft yeah. had one 
or have so- one, don't Songsmith. They? Yeah, but no, well, it's not the same thing because you sing into it and it creates a cheesy backing track around your uh, melody. Okay. It's not quite the same. It's not like a multi-tracker. I have to admit that that video you sent me, I didn't watch because I just clicked through to YouTube and then I saw in his related videos that he'd done Smoke on the Water. Yeah, so I, I saw jumped that too. straight to Smoke on the Water because I thought that was really exciting. So I watched <laughs> him doing that. Did you get a rock surge of adrenaline like you did the first time you heard it? Really loud? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not, a, eh? <laughs> it's a bit cheesy, isn't it? But um, yeah. I am amazed that it can pick up and track the, um, uh, what is it, you know, the pitch from him just going ba 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 Because I know that I've been in the studio with professional singers and I've said to someone, look, I think the lyric, uh, the uh, melody maybe should go ba 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 And they've looked at me like, what? What are you singing? Can you play that on the guitar? And so... Uh, okay. You know, I don't think my singing's any worse than this chap's, but the fact that it was tracking his pitch from that was quite impressive, I think. Yeah, I know I do too. I mean, amazing that it can do that in an iPhone. And then let's have it on a on something else, you know, that's what I say. I don't know, Rich, I mean, you're musically, you know, adept. You can probably jot things down in notation form on the back of a napkin. But uh, could you see this? I mean, I could, I could definitely dig something like this. Yeah, sure. It seems pretty. I mean, it seems like a cool. It's a try. It's a tried and true concept. It just didn't work in your iPhone. You know, Yamaha had what the QY10 was it, and the QY20. Mark has been known to sing the praises of these in the past. But I you can't sing into yeah. it. Um, no, you can't sing into it. And it's. But I mean, just conceptually, it's it's a furtherance of an idea and adapting it to an existing piece of product that's also absorbed theoretically your camera and your PDA and all kinds of other concepts. So. Uh, it's cool. I'm yeah, down. I understand. It may, it makes sense. It, you would have look, that. Looking at it, I think it's two ninety two 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 dollars ninety nine. Uh, I believe. Um, I'm, I might contact them and see if they've got any other ideas for standalone. Because surely, if your iPhone can do it, I mean, your laptop or your you know your desktop is going to be able to deal with it much more efficiently, right? One would think. You'd think, wouldn't you? I'm De- not hurting on my laptop or my desktop, but yeah. I mean, I know, no, I could, but I mean, but it if means I could that, run Ableton Live on the iPhone, I'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll be able to run it on the iPad, iTab, i whatever it may be, possibly. And if you could hook your iPhone up to some of those Korg Nano controllers, now you're talking. Ooh, yeah. What you need is, is that Akai. Um, what was it? IPR. Yeah. Thirty-two. That was. I saw that. That's fantastic looking. Beautiful. Well, I'd just like to say hello to Akai Pete, who is one of the founder members of this particular chat room we use. And uh, he that was his baby before Nam. So I think he put a lot of work into that product. So was it? Kudos to you, Akai Pete. I was absolutely blown away by that. That's the one one thing that really, you know, I was re- I am really interested in the the synth itself and the keyboard because, I mean, I just I I was talking to Gina about this on the way to collect these from school the other day and I was saying like you know 20 years ago we had like the Akai S1000 suddenly I've got almost that capability in my phone and I, was, <laughs> I just can't get my head around it really to be honest but yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool isn't it well let's hope so I mean I think to, yeah I, I, I want to get hold of this in a in a in an application form rather than an app form because i'm not an, an uh, iphone man and my ipod touch sadly is uh i don't know i thought i'd waited a while but i bought the one that's just before the revision where it runs all the cool stuff and os3 so i'm a bit disappointed by that i'm not going to buy another one just for you know just to run some different apps i'm afraid sorry it seems like that's what a lot of the people from Nam were doing, weren't they? There's uh, you got the way out where guy Jim Heinz was with his iSample, which is a really cool implementation of iPhone application with pinch and um, you know the, the multi-touch for audio editing. Seems like everybody's kind of doing it, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that cracked me up about this um, little iPhone, you know, this voice thing. If you compare it to, in fact, I was just trying to search and find the price. Remember the Fairlight voice tracker years ago, <laughs> which was no doubt, and it's kind of thousands and thousands. Of, oh, hang on a minute. It was $2,495. There you go. Oh, Just found it compared to $2.99 for That's an iPhone almost app. a thousand times. <laughs> a factor of a thousand. Mind you, did you get any hardware or was it just a piece of software? Uh, no, it was hardware. Oh, well, and, and, and it would output MIDI and stuff Added like value. that. But it was, uh, yeah, I mean, when you think how far it's come. No, are you going to get this? I was really tempted. I saw this a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I think kind of Nam just got in the way of me hitting the buy now button. 
but yeah probably just for a bit of fun oh well next time you do maybe while you're at it you could do us a double dave um you could do a double dave jingle on it oh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> or maybe off. not maybe maybe it's not right that dave should do a dave jingle that would be that's asking a bit much really i'm still i'm, I'm still looking for inspiration for that one but yeah so anyway that's uh wave machine labs.com um and it's called voice band and uh it, it kind of rocks actually i have to say Right, uh, oh, I'd better do an ad. At this point, we'd like to say thank you and uh, welcome to our show sponsors, the ever-accommodating Yamaha, uh, yamaha.co.uk, most notably Peter. Thank you very much, Peter. It was good to see you at NAM, and uh, we'd like to draw your attention to a couple of things that they're doing, apart from, obviously, their products that they were on show, the new Pocket Track recorder with the, with the amazingly funky mics and uh, all the other things that it does. I must read up on that so I can give it some good quality bullet points in future adverts. But primarily, uh, they want to tell you about the Yamaha Download Podcast, which is a monthly show. It's a great thing. It's got uh, artist interviews. Uh, it's focused on music production, performance, all kinds of stuff. Um, please go and check it out. In fact, we've created a special landing page so you can bounce there from Sonic State and they'll know who, where you've come from. So please go to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha and check out the Yamaha Download podcast. It's a monthly show. I'm imagining we're getting towards the border of a month. So uh, probably February is going to be coming quite soon, which might have some news on the NAM products there. Also, you can sign up for their newsletter, um, which I can also recommend. Uh, once again, you can get to that from sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha or if you want to go straight to the horse's mouth, as it were, yamahadownload.co.uk. So once again, we do thank uh, Yamaha very much for their continued sponsorship of the show. We really do appreciate it. It helps us keep the whole thing going. So uh, thanks very much. Right, um, what was our next thing? Let me flip back to the show notes. Avid absorbs DigiDesign, M-Audio, Sibelius and Pinnacle. Not really that much news, but uh, I wondered whether or not... Well, I suppose it is, really, because um, as you probably will have noticed if you've been to any trade show recently or been to visit asitavid.com, uh, they've got a new logo, and uh, they're kind of rebranding all of the stuff that they do, which is M-Audio, DigiDesign, Sibelius, and Pinnacle. I don't know whether this means that they're actually going to wipe those brands off the hardware and whatever that they make, but it's now Avid. Avid is the mothership and the master company, and uh, we're wondering whether... And obviously DigiDesign, too. Is this going to make any difference to... Um, Perhaps your plugins folder? Is it all going to have to move from the DigiDesign folder to an Avid folder? What does it all mean? Rich, is it going to change your life significantly, or do you think it's going to be business as usual from a user point of view? Well, I know we're all hoping it's going to be business as usual from a user point of view. We're also hoping for a lot of other things in the world regarding peaceful behavior, things of that nature. But the truth is... From what I hear in the grapevine from guys who used to work at Digi. That was a great sound. That, <laughs> that was, was a great, great sound. Did you drop the top of a something? Was there, it Matt? mine? Was it mine? That was me. Sorry. That was great. Do that again. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah, absolutely. That sounded great. Excellent. What a great sound. Plastic cup. Well, there's another one for... There's uh, a free sample for Sonic State podcast listeners there. <laughs> for uh, Aryan at AudioEase, who's going to use it as another... Uh, well, that's a good idea. Preset. But anyway, uh, where was I? Apparently included amongst the vast number of layoffs that have occurred in the United States over the last year or two has been an extraordinarily large number of DigiDesign employees. Included among them, from what the grapevine tells me, are most, if not all, of the guys who go deep in the history of this code. Hmm. That makes me nervous. That, along with the fact that it took them six months to get a somewhat buggy version of an approved Pro Tools out after Snow Leopard was released, leads me to the inescapable conclusion that things aren't what they once were. Now, how bad will they get and such? I don't know. I, I'm not predicting doom and failure, and from what I, I listened to what Dave told me, on uh, the podcast last week about his experience of those guys and it doesn't look like they're running out of any money and this was all just sort of a sensible logistical decision and I hope that's true I really do it's got to be cheaper to, to have a single brand, presumably. And I guess, you know, with a company with as much of a global reach as theirs, with as many different brands, it's going to make some kind of sense easier to, to push it out. But I, I have to confess, I mean, the thought of losing the DigiDesign brand just seems like a huge waste of, um, uh, you know, of, of kind of goodwill and all the stuff that goes with it or, or whatever. Just seems like it's going to be kind of a, a lot of hard work to educate everybody. But maybe, you know, I'm sure they've been doing. 
a lot of work figuring out what's going to work and what isn't, and I'm just making kind of idle speculation. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's done for the right reasons, surely. Well, I'm sure it's done for reasons that relate to survival. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, got, we can't forget that uh, it's tough for everybody at the moment, and some kind of streamlining and normalisation has got to happen. You know, there's no room for much. Um, you've got to trim the fat, really, haven't you? Otherwise, uh, it could be end of for not not necessarily for avid but for lots of people we're all doing it really so, i read today that the um recession is officially over hooray <laughs> <laughs> great I, I think it was on moneysavingexpert.com i'm sure it was actually yeah. well i mean that'd be great if it is but it's still i think i think it's probably it may well be officially over but the effects of it certainly aren't because uh you know people have been making all sorts of adjustments and, and now they're kind of living again within their means i suppose I, I don't know how it works but i mean hopefully it's just you know just one of those corporate shenanigans that just makes will make sense but we can't see the sense of it being just on the ground rather than viewing it from an extremely high viewpoint with big strategies and stuff you know so i do hope so uh what else we got uh oh i got a really cool yeah I, this i'm gonna play this because i just really like the piece of music they lose use in the advert i don't know who it is It's a slow builder, clearly, um, and I'm not sure we're going to hang around for the whole of it. I might play the outro in the outro so you can hear where it gets to, but that was the sound of the music bed from the Indemix uh, ad, which is... uh, We've talked about this before. It's the sort of... They're the guys who are doing the kind of Linux-based audio workstation stuff. And we went to see Ron Stewart, who's the uh, creative director, I believe, of the company. And um, he's, a, he's a really interesting guy. He's got a lot of energy. And obviously, he's been doing great guns with this because he's got a lot of experience apparently in Guitar Center and, and those things. At least that's what he says. I mean, I'm not a U.S. resident, so I couldn't, couldn't say for sure. But what they've done now is released a USB stick, which is a Linux audio real-time operating uh, system called Transmission which is up to version 3. Apparently, you plug it into any old piece of hardware. You know, it has to be a PC, but if you've got something that's kind of a bit long in the tooth, plug this thing in, ask you four questions, 40 minutes later, 14 minutes later, you've got uh, a real-time audio OS in Linux with, uh, let me just read the bullet points, three powerful doors, low-latency recording, VST host, high-performance, 32-bit duplex audio engine, DJ software, mobile stream box, so you could do like a live broadcast kind of thing, 260 plugins, mastering effects, suite, all-in-one sampler, synthesizer, and drum machine. I think it's 149 bucks, And... Uh, the idea, the idea that it's Linux obviously means that it's not got a load of bloatware on it. I mean, you do get Skype and Firefox uh, as well, apparently, so you can do your basic kind of netbook stuff. It just seemed like um, a kind of cool idea, and I'm, I've asked for one to be sent over so I can try it out on something. Do you think – I've not had an experience of Linux audio applications, but it'd be nice to think that we're moving on and things – you know, it's becoming another possibility. Do you think it's going to be? Dave? Could be. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can't really say any more than that. I thought it was quite cool. Quite a cool little gizmo, actually. It's a great idea, isn't with, it? Particularly with the T-shirt and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good price. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it's kind of taken up by uh, other, you know, developers, instrument developers and such like. But it's quite interesting to, from what I can tell, because obviously this is a, I don't know whether it's based on uh, any open source operating system, but essentially, presumably, a lot of this stuff is probably freeware as well. And so they've just put it all together in a package. And, and, you know, if they're selling it, 149 bucks seems cheap until you kind of think about what you're getting. And maybe, maybe it's actually um, expensive, but I can't tell. Seems like a good yeah. idea, though. But, but I mean, the, I suppose that my point is, is not that it's a bad deal. It feels like a good deal, even when you take that consider, into consideration. Yeah, it was a very cryptic ad, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I like the music, though. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the music was great, and I'd like to think and hope that all of that was produced entirely using the uh, Linux audio, the the the, the Indemix 
operating system. I, I was kind of waiting for that caption, actually. I was, yeah, I was would have made... by the music and thought, oh, come on, come on, come on. But they didn't say it, did they? No, they didn't. Maybe they should. Maybe we should find out. Maybe I should do some investigative journalism and find out, and then we'll probably find out it was done on you know, <laughs> Pro Tools yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God forbid I actually have to do any work. I mean, who do you think I am? I um, didn't, I've tried some Linux audio applications out, I think. I'm pretty sure they were Linux audio applications. If I'm right and my memory serving me correctly, they've got this format called LADSPA plugins, L-A-D-S-P-A, I think. Oh, yeah, that billions, rings about. billions of them. Well, I'm going, to get hold, I'm going to get hold of this, and I'm going to give it a try, and I, I really want it to work. I just sort of have a feeling that... Because, I mean, when you think you can put it on a netbook or something, that's kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, because netbooks, as far as I can tell, most of them are really quite underpowered. You can very, very rarely get them with any more than a gig of RAM, and the processors are always about the same speed, which is, what, like 1.2 gig, something like that. But I guess because there's not a lot of other stuff going on in this OS, it can devote more and more of its resources to the real-time aspect of it, which is kind of what you want, isn't it? I've got, I mean, I run Fruity Loops on a netbook, and it's a 1.6 gigahertz with one gigabyte of RAM, an Atom processor, and that works all right as long as uh, on Windows 98. But uh-huh. I doubt that any sort of newer flavor of Windows would even run on this thing. So switching over to Linux, I imagine it would probably be really good because there's still a certain bloatedness to even to Windows 98. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go for it. I mean, I think it's going to be a long way off before it comes becomes, you know, a serious tool that somebody like Rich would use in a kind of commercial environment. But uh, it could be something that was cool. You could just sit on something very small. I don't know, Rich. Well, c- consistent with the last discussion, I am looking in my mind. I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, well, what happens if the rug gets pulled out from under me? Like, what could be my next move if I had to make one in terms of DAW? And in pursuit of that concept, at one point, I began to think that what I wanted to do was try running some Linux. There's, when I saw some decent Linux DAW show up in our show notes one week, I went, I went into the studio and I started thinking about running Linux as a virtual machine in parallels, like I do um, Windows, and uh, check it out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have any particular feeling... Pro, pro no. or con, except it's supposed to run a lot leaner than most of the other operating systems, and that's got to be good. And uh, I don't know what's next. I'm enjoying a lot of different things right now. I still love to use Pro Tools. I enjoy Logic. I like <laughs> Live. I'm sure Digital Performer is great, and Cubase is, I'm sure, working flawlessly by now. And uh, <laughs> and so well, so, let's not forget Sonar. Sonar is Sonar. Uh, is yeah. chugging chugging along there. As far as I can tell, they've got. A lot of serious stuff in there, which I, I, I kind of want to try it out. But um, I uh, tried. I, I spent a half an hour at the Sonar booth at AES, and in it was so quick that I ran up against things I do every day that it won't do. Oh, really? <laughs> they were like, "Wow, really? Wow, that's yeah. You know, that would be cool. You know, it's like really, you guys can't do that." I just want to arm five dis- five tracks that are not necessarily right next to each other into record in one keystroke. Can't do it. You are assigned them to one bus. Can't do it. I mean, you got to, it's, it's keystroke city over there for any kind of serious work. Um, it's a lovely hmm. DAW, though. It looks marvelous. I'm sure it sounds It's got fantastic. some great functions, but yeah. I, I, no, that, and that apparently be... hosts a, a bunch of wonderful instruments, but uh, yeah, yeah. I can't. That's, I've heard that too. Well, I guess, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because as they, as you kind of go further and further down the path that you, you know, you found yourself on with doors. I was talking to the Personas people about this, is, uh, you know, with a Studio One door. You know, it's, it's a hard sell to get people to switch doors. I mean, there have to be some pretty compelling reasons to do this. You know, and, and free doesn't necessarily cut it as the primary reason. Right. Or, or, or you know, low cost. Although they're all pretty good at this point. Yeah. So even as bad as you're going to do for free now, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, oh, if yeah. It's sure. something that runs under either Apple's OS or Windows and your OS otherwise works fairly well. Yeah, you're going to do fine, really, aren't you? I mean, there's, there's nothing I, that's going to stop you making records. My understanding of Linux, or oh, sorry, Linux applications is that you can run them on OS X anyway. And hmm. you basically run them under something called X11. And it was, it was something that you had to install as an extra on your. Mm-hmm. installation dvd before oh, the yes. latest was, versions of 
uh, OS X, and I think the latest versions of OS X in, install X11 as standard. Yes, it's X Windows, by... isn't it? Something like Sorry? that. It's X Windows or something like that. Yes, I've, I've, yeah. Those apps will <clears throat> open straight into Apple's OS. If you've got X11 running on there, they run up straight. They open straight. I know you can get it for nothing. Yeah, cool. X11 is right. like a Windows. That. Is a Linux. Uh, window emulator i think dave you might know about this you've got coders and stuff is that is that right you know much about x windows x or x11 i'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm thrashing about in the dark here but i think i tried to launch something in it once but i don't remember what it was uh no terribly sorry <laughs> okay just wanted to clear that up obviously <laughs> that was quick but anyway um interesting chat i think uh, as soon as i get it i'm going to try it on a machine and uh, i'll let you know how i go rich um mm. uh, and, and maybe we'll be able to run some of those apps in os 10 as well i mean see see how that works but uh, uh linux audio so if you're in the mix with two x's on the end um dot com check out what they got it's a bit cryptic the site to be perfectly honest but uh, you have to dig around there's some stuff on youtube as well um oh and uh, shall we finish up with some fine weird instruments via Bartle Hogard um he's a, a sure. long time topic contributor to the site and uh, I'll play a couple of uh, uh, of clips because they're quite um, remarkable sounding some of these <laughs> Um, well, now maybe maybe we should talk about it first. Oh, no, no. What do you think? Because there's there's there were there were four that particularly struck me, and the first one was this thing called the Uber Organ, which is created by a guy called Tim Hawkinson. It's a massive indoor sculpture in bold, and it looks like kind of the insides of some sort of alien beast. It's a three hundred foot long scu- sculpture with thirteen bus sized inflated bags, and was organic and alien, and it starts playing, and this is what it sounds like. <laughs> Well, it does say that the instrument's weird, so that was pretty weird, um, but it's kind of, it's like a kind of organic, floaty organ. In fact, there's quite a lot of organs in this particular one. Um, I, I quite enjoyed that, but the other one was uh, the world's largest instrument, which is the Great Stalic Pipe Audion, Organ, which, uh, that was quite cool. And does anyone have a favourite here, for, out of any of these? For me, it was the Sea Organ. Actually, the sea organ looked like a really nice idea, but essentially it was, it's been created in um, Zadar in Croatia, uh, and it's uh, created by grim, ugly concrete walls. But it's basically um, where the sea laps up against the jetty, or the, the I guess it might be a, a pier or some kind, it blows air through these various uh, notes, um, and you can enjoy the music of nature. I mean, it was rather loud... And I thought it would be quite nice unless you happen to live anywhere nearby, and then it might get really, really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but it was quite ambient. Yeah. It quite nice and ambient. It was, the ambient, <laughs> that's true. It was ambient. As opposed to the other one, which the really sounded like my stomach after a night of <laughs> drinking and vindaloos. Yeah. <laughs> But there's some crackers here. The, the, I like the Stalag organ. This one, this one, I mean, I'm sure this must be an April Fool. I'll play this because it's got a clip from um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Here in Virginia, 164 feet below the ground is the world's largest musical instrument. An enormous, one-of-a-kind organ made from the stalactites hanging from the cave ceiling. No. First discovered in 1878, the 480-million-year-old cavern remained unchanged until 1954. That's when scientist and musician Leland Sprinkle realized (laughs) the stalactites produce musical tones when tapped. Uh, I'm sorry, they kind of, I just started, <laughs> descended into infantile <laughs> laughter when he's called Leland Sprinkle. I mean, yes, that's of just, course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. considering, I, well, also when you consider, Sprinkle being a funny word, but when you consider how stalactites are, are formed, why drip, the constant dripping of water, it's even, it's even more funny. But that sounded <laughs> nice, it sounded like a marimba, didn't it? I've heard how this thing. How did he tune it? Have you? Yes. I, I wasn't, I, the only thing I didn't, I thought about this was, you know, he, the, the 480 million year old instrument, he just went in there with an angle grinder and just sort of ground them down until well, they, them, yeah, and, until they them. got tuned, which seems a little bit irreverent somehow. If, but you've heard it, Rich. Name's Sprinkle? Yeah. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> it sounds magnificent. And, and furthermore, I got a private tour of one of the caverns in Western Virginia once. And, um, and 
it was just this little 15 year old girl tour guide, my wife and I like climbing on these rocks and I found these amazing spaces because we were alone. And my wife and I explained to her that I'm a little bit weird. I got to shout into and clap into and generally make noises into some of these spaces I would see. And it was, it was remarkable. It was an incredible, for me, it was like audio heaven. It was like, I got, I, the the ability to be able to do that and not be in a tour with a dozen other people who are, you know, seeking to have you carted away by the police is, uh, I would have done it in the tour with the other people there. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. But I probably wouldn't have. And getting the opportunity to do it on my own by myself like that was just fantastic. And along the way, I heard this thing. I'm guessing that um, perhaps the ears of the employees of Audio Ease might have just pricked up at this point, because I know that, um, that Arjun is, uh, is, a, is generally a man about the world who tends to sort of, uh, seems to have the best job, as I can understand, in the world, where he just goes around to various spaces and records them. And it sounds like this, these spaces, uh, the Luray oh, Caverns, might be somewhere that he should investigate. Oh, so is Luray in Western Virginia or is that in Pennsylvania? Because I've been to ones in both. Uh, I can't tell you that from the small paragraph. I think paragraph Luray is notes. Western Virginia. I think this uh, okay. is Virginia, yeah. And right down the street from it is another one called Endless Caverns, which is the one I was in with my wife and this little 15-year-old tour guide. And it was oh, fantastic. Right. It was great. And I've been to both. Uh, I'd like to Boy, give um, Mr. Sprinkle his full title. Um, he was actually <laughs> called... He was a Pentagon scientist. It's written here, Pentagon scientist Leyland W. Sprinkle. I wonder what the W stands for. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist that. If there's any Leyland, Leyland family members listening, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. It's very infantile of me, but I thought it might, be, it might be we. Obviously. Well, you sprinkled up there. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, uh, but that's a good one. I like that. Um, I, ca- I can't find this, the Zadar organ, though. That's a bit annoying because I, I actually... Um, I can open ah, here we go. The, the organ in Croatia, the sea organ. Right, I'll stop it there because uh, Rich has to go to his session. Um, do a job of work recording bass. Uh, Rich Hilton, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sorry, I didn't realise we were running out of time, but uh, been a pleasure to have you aboard, and I hope, um, I hope it's not held you up too long. Thank you very much. Not at all, thank you. I really enjoyed it, as always. Okay, well, great. Thanks for thank you very much, and we'll speak soon. Um, you can hang yep. around with the rest of us, though. We've nearly finished, but um, I'm sure we can eke out another couple of minutes of uh, jocularity from this um, subject. So, uh, yeah, see you, Rich. Um, but yeah, that was the the organ in the. Uh, I don't know how loud it is. It sounded quite loud, didn't it? Yeah, I liked it. And rhythmically, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, there was. It sounded like. Um do you remember the beginning of I think it might have been Ghosts the Japan Ghosts track oh yeah sort of ring <laughs> oh yeah 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 I know what you're saying it's got the same harmonic kind of feeling John Van Eaton in the chat room um, has just um, thrown the the word or the name Annie Sprinkle into the chat room which if <laughs> yes. I remember correctly Annie Sprinkle was a sort of um, fairly liberated lady who uh, who did a performance that involved some weeing and audience members is that correct uh, yes. <laughs> now everybody's saying I don't know what you're talking about. I've never. What? What is it? What is this of which you speak? Yes, but anyway, I wonder if they're related. It'd be kind of funny if they were. Very amusing. But that was uh, a total left field suggestion. But thanks for that, John. <laughs> um, well, so there were a few. I'd just like to say thanks to Bartle. There's some great ones there. Um, they were the, they were the three that I particularly picked up on. There was the nano guitar as well. Didn't you see that? Which was kind of like some 4.7 microns long. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> tricky to play, I'd imagine. <laughs> Be good to give it to a guitarist, wouldn't it? It would, Now yeah. go on then, give us a solo. Limitations. Has anyone got anything else to add? Because we seem to be... Um organically moving towards an end-of-show type scenario here. No? Uh, actually, I've just got totally sucked in by the ten uh, misspelled tattoos at the bottom of the page. No, Sorry. I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, it's at the bottom of the page. It says ten misspelled tattoos, and there's... I mean, I can't believe that people don't check <laughs> spellings of things before they have them printed on their skin forever. But it says, it. only God will judge me, J-U-G-E. Oh. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think he yeah. just did. Yes. Anyway, 
That's enough of that. <laughs> I suppose we have reached the end of the show. I'd like to say thank you to everybody in the chat room for joining us. It was very kind of you, uh, and uh, it's been a lot of fun seeing the words whiz past. Remember, you can do that yourself next week, uh, 4 p.m. UK time, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Listen to us record the show live. Uh, that is pre-edit before I lose some of the stuff uh, which will get me into trouble. And, <laughs> uh, and also the things that make any of us look like fools, or certainly more fools than we're prepared to allow ourselves to be portrayed as. So, uh, please do come along and um, I'd like to say thank you very much to uh, my guests live guests obviously Rich Hilton has left the building he's gone off to do some proper work recording bass through his API and vintage Neves lucky him I say uh, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius but we still can say goodbye to the uh, existing members of the, the, the of the show and uh, first of all we'll say goodbye to we'll say goodbye to Dave Spears first g4software.com thanks very much for joining us thank you being a joy as ever and I hope hasn't kept you too much from things that really need to be done rather than this which is just some fun not at all good okay and also say thank you very much to uh, Mark Tinley autismhero.com um, I hope you have a, a great week look forward to speaking to you again next week I hope yes thank you very much I enjoyed it a lot good I now need to go and buy a U-Rock guitar if I think I uh, yeah I, I don't know where we can get them in the UK but um, I think we should I think we should find, find out so yeah check them out urockguitars.com and uh, yes, as Jay, Jay, John Van Eaton in the chat room says, yes, we have like 100 <coughs> videos up. I think we're at about 92 or 3. There's a few more to come, but most of the stuff is there. We've got a couple of really cool guitar ones. We've got a, a tour of the Jackson Charvel um, range. We've got a chat with the people from Heritage Guitars, who, interestingly enough, they're all the old guys who used to work at the Gibson Custom Shop that left in 1985, and they continue to make these... Uh, amazing guitars like beautifully done um that's a really good one and a bunch of other things too so uh, do come by um, a lot of our stuff is obviously sonicstate.com forward slash news but we now have a guitar channel so you can check out uh, sonicstate.com forward slash amp for all the guitar things um so thank you very much that was sonic talk number 162 thanks once again to our show sponsors yamaha.co.uk